Hello and welcome to Medical Minefield, where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. I'm Barney Kalman, health editor at the Mail on Sunday, and today with me is the health writer with more scoops than a tub of Hagendars, the Mail on Sunday's deputy health editor, Eve Simmons. Hello. Right, this one drives me wild, Eve. I'm not going to lie. Temperature checks. Ah, yes. At the risk of being handed my P45, I hate having it every morning when I come in. We have one of those scanners you have to stand in front of and it tells you I've got a normal temperature, 35.7 or whatever it is. If I then go outside, I've forgotten something in the car, I have to then come back in and have my temperature taken again and again every single time I leave the office. I assume when restaurants and bars reopen... We're going to have to have those guns pointed at our heads before we get seated. You know, it drives me nuts. I can tell. (laughs) For me, it's not that much of a big deal, to be honest. It's slight inconvenience. Although I did see something on Facebook the other day that said that the infrared cameras that they use to take your temperature can fry your brain. Look, I'm not worried about them frying my brain. The reason it makes me cross is because it's completely unscientific to use them. As you have told me, they're not very accurate. No, they use infrared technology to measure skin temperature. And then this is used to compute an estimation of body temperature. They're not recognised by medical authorities as an accurate reading. I've heard them described as random number generators by nurses. Uh, No doctor would use one. At worst, they're actually potentially harmful, according to Public Health England, who advised against using them last July. They say that they can lull people into a false sense of security because people with COVID who are infectious don't necessarily have temperatures. Um, But clearly this message hasn't sunk in because they're part of everyday life. In America, they've moved against it. Uh, They call it something called security theatre. Yes, it's essentially performative measures that seem like they're having an effect to help, but actually they have the opposite effect because they're a distraction, really. As you say, in America, they've come down really hard on this. Anthony Fauci, who is the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases in the US, has called them notoriously unreliable. He himself has spoken publicly about his shock that his temperature read 39 degrees in one building. I mean, that's uh, pretty near lethal, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. He'd be if that was correct, he'd be very, very sick indeed. But of course, he wasn't. It was because it was a very hot day, and the temperature check picked up his skin temperature, which was obviously very high. Um, so they've now scrapped them in the White House and other public buildings. Very sensible too. Before we go any further, I think we should hear from someone whose workplace installed regular temperature tests and they didn't prevent outbreaks of COVID. Yes. Joining me is Jessica Smith. Jessica, um, I must say that's not her real name, is working at a large manufacturing company in the northwest of England. Jessica, you've been back at work since September and they've introduced temperature checks, haven't they? Uh, What does that look like? How does it work? Yeah, so we've been uh, back in the office since September. We have a daily temperature check. So somebody comes around the office with like a handheld temperature gun and they scan the back of our neck. Um, They just come around sort of at a random point during the day. But yeah, it's just once a day. And what does your office environment look like at the moment? Are there lots of people crammed together? Everyone's sort of spaced two metres apart. The office is at 50% capacity, but we are still sort of sharing kitchens and bathrooms and things like that. So we're sat separately, but we have to mix in those situations. Wow. And then tell me about your cases of COVID in your office. How many have there been? So in our office, our offices probably hold about 500 people. Um, I think about 10% of the people there have had COVID up till now. 
but across site we usually have a few thousand people on site and it's definitely in the hundreds now the people that have tested positive and do you know whether the temperature checks that have been happening every day whether they've picked up any of these cases I don't know of anybody who's been picked up as a higher temperature, but I know a few people who, when they've taken a test after having a temperature check the same day, tested positive and then have had to isolate for two weeks. Gosh, so the temperature check has registered a normal temperature and then they've mm-hmm. gone on to have a test and the test has identified them as positive. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And so do you have tests every week as well then? Yeah, so part of our being back on site, we have to test negative every week. The company's running their own sort of testing service so yeah people have been in the office all week and not registered as a high temperature and then have taken their weekly test and tested positive and we don't know when that you know they contracted it so it's a bit difficult so does that worry you clearly these temperature checks and all of these measurements that the office is implementing to keep you safe clearly they're not working that must be worrying yeah it definitely is worrying i suppose i'm sort of fortunate in the fact that i'm fairly healthy so if i were to contract it now then i'd probably be okay but there's a lot of people in my team that have got, you know, underlying health conditions and they're definitely very worried about getting it on site. Are you surprised that you've avoided it so far? I would say luckily, but um, a family member of mine works at a hospital locally. So um, they contracted it really early on in March last year. um, And I I just got it off them from sharing a house with them. Oh, and and you're okay now? You're feeling better? Yeah, I'm fine now. (laughs) Good, good. Glad to hear it. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, we've heard from someone who is working in an office who has witnessed that temperature checks failed to pick up COVID. Normal temperatures, positive COVID test. Yeah. It shows just how useless it is, I guess. Exactly. The wrong thing to be focusing on to make the workplace COVID secure. Look, that was an anecdote. Um, but in fact, this entire thing has been well studied by scientists. So next we have an expert on the line who's studied whether temperature screening is an effective way of picking up COVID cases and ended up calling the method futile. Cambridge University's Dr Jeremy Doyle. Thanks so much for finding some time to talk to us. Do you think businesses should be relying on temperature scanning as part of their COVID security? Yeah, well, no, I absolutely don't think that's a good idea because temperature screening has been shown by us and others to not be effective in identifying COVID-infected and infectious people. But we know that one of the symptoms of COVID is a temperature, along with a cough and a loss of sense of smell. So surely it makes sense to take people's temperature? It does make sense to take people's temperature in a healthcare setting, because um, a higher temperature is indeed a a known, a well-known characterised feature of COVID-19. The problem is that not all infected persons actually are symptomatic. Uh, COVID-19 is spread also by asymptomatic infected people. And important is also that people uh, that suffer from COVID-19 do not typically have a high fever. They have a slightly higher temperature than others, but the two curves massively overlap. So temperature is not a good measure to distinguish non-infected from infected people, although COVID itself causes a higher temperature. And I know that you've studied airport temperature checks and you've shown that they were particularly useless during Ebola, swine flu and the first SARS outbreak. What what happened there? So I did not personally study these viruses, but I can only speak for COVID-19 that I studied in a military setting that has uh, young adults of a main age group of travellers. But um, it is known, what he said is true, it's known that also for other viruses, temperature screening 
is not really suitable. The reason for that is that firstly, it's not so easy to take a person's temperature. So it starts with the method. How do you take a person's temperature? That's an art for itself. Do you measure in the mouth? Do you measure in the ear? There are other artists that you can also measure in, or you can measure with a temperature scanning device, contactless, which has a lower ability of actually measuring the person's real core temperature. That's the starting problem. And the second is, although all these virus, viral infections cause the body temperature to go up a little bit, the people that are not infected already have quite a spread in their body temperature. So if you just measure a random person and you measure a temperature of, let's say, 37.5 degrees centigrade, you don't know if that this person's normal body temperature or is it someone that normally would have, let's say, 36.5 and now is infected and has a higher temperature. So that's the second hurdle. And the third is uh, you can just take an antiparetic to lower your temperature and you're back to normal, although you're infected. So that makes the whole measure not effective. Some people have argued that relying on these scanners can actually do more harm than good. Why would that be? So scanning the temperature per se is not harmful, obviously, because uh, there's no harm in taking a person's temperature. The problem starts if you rely solely on these measures to try to prevent infection. If you want to prevent infected persons to get into a facility, let's say an airplane or, or in a concert hall or a working place, then you want to make sure no one gets in who is actually infected. And if the risk is high enough that you think about doing some sort of screening to not let in the infected people, then it gets difficult because what screening measure do you do? And an easy accessible one is to measure the temperature. However, for the reasons we just discussed, it's not effective. So if you want to do something like that, you have to do something else like rapid antigen testing or even PCR. But body temperature measuring itself is not effective. And thus, it, it can be dangerous to solely rely on that. So, you know, workplaces and airports will be having it as part of a group of measures that would probably involve testing. But pubs and restaurants that think they're doing anything by temperature testing people as they go in are simply wasting time. I fully agree. Dr. Jeremy Doyle, thank you for finding some time to talk to us. So there you go. It's dangerous to use temperature checks in the absence of other things. Exactly. I was right. I was right. I could hear we your should... inflect. You were so angry that last question. You were like, so it's useless, isn't it? It's useless. Absolutely. He confirmed Absolutely. your theory. No, I, I just, I mean, as I say, it's completely unscientific. So it baffles me that it's becoming something that everyone is doing. I think next we need to speak to someone enlightened in America, a, a top public health expert, Professor Monica Gandhi at the University of California in San Francisco. Professor Gandhi, what's your view on using temperature checks to pick up COVID? Honestly, it likely does very little to use temperature scanners to pick up COVID. The very strange aspect about COVID is it has such protean clinical manifestations. Some people can be very sick and some people up to 40% or more are completely asymptomatic no symptoms whatsoever. And that has been the strange aspect of COVID-19 as compared to SARS or influenza, where symptoms really are manifest as fevers and so forth, even when you have the infection. So temperature screenings, frankly, are almost more for show, um, but they are not likely to pick up many people who could still be infected with SARS-CoV-2. 
I mean, I know that Dr. Fauci has said that he thinks that they're useless. I mean, it seems that, the you know, that people are waking up there uh, perhaps faster than they are here to that fact. Yeah, I mean, there are still many places to be to admit it, though. Um, I go into work every day at a, at a hospital and they temperature screen me. And so we are not picking up probably as fast as we should be. They really don't make sense for this particular infection, just because so many people are asymptomatic. So, so you say for this particular infection, is there a place for them somewhere? Yeah, I mean, this is the fascinating thing about COVID and why it is such a different type of infection. At the beginning of it, we thought, oh, it's going to be like other infections. You are going to feel unwell when you can spread it. And so we can figure out if you can spread it by saying, do you feel unwell? And then these reports came back about at least 40% of people having asymptomatic infection, but still having it in their nose and still being able to spread it to others. And so that's why what's called syndromic surveillance or symptom-based surveillance, asking someone if they don't feel well, didn't work uh, for COVID-19. It does work for influenza. If all of us moving forward stay home when we're not feeling well and and we're likely to have influenza, we're probably going to have a lot less spread of influenza. Many people go to work when they don't feel great and they have the flu. Yeah. Um, and that would pa- a symptom screen would pick that up. And we, I mean, we've seen a huge drop in flu cases, haven't we? Yes, yes. I mean, likely because of masking, distancing, but also people just don't go in to their essential work functions if they don't feel well. Um, and so if they had the flu, they never were able to spread it to others during this particular season. So you're absolutely right that syndromic surveillance could work for flu, but it's actually probably, or even a symptom screen or a temperature screen at a door. But instead, we're probably going to be encouraging people that, hey, don't come to work when you don't feel well from now on. And I think that is going to cut down on influenza spread. I mean, what would be the best way to make a business COVID safe then if, if temperature checks aren't great for that? And what should businesses be focusing on? You know, prior to mass vaccination, it really is people in the business distancing from each other, keeping the windows open. It doesn't have to be massive ventilation, but some ventilation and uh, face masks. Now, of course, in the setting of mass vaccination, hopefully, as we get there, and you're getting there faster than we are in the UK, um, as we get there, then businesses are going to be safe because people are going to be immune. But up till that point, it really is the mitigation procedures that we know work so well for COVID-19. Masking, distancing, ventilation, those are the three mitigation procedures and not temperature screens at the door. And testing obviously would be part of that. I mean, regular testing? You know, that's a very, very good question. And it has depended. For example, in this setting in the United States, we don't test healthcare workers regularly. I actually think that that was a misunderstanding that we were all getting swabbed and tested regularly. We weren't. We were maintaining what's called universal precautions. We were masking, distancing, ventilating, and we kept each other safe that way. There are other settings that are testing. For example, many school-based settings are testing. Many businesses are testing. We put out a paper actually that showed that a business that tested didn't keep people any more safe than if they adhered strictly to the principles of mitigation of masking, distancing, and ventilation. So tests Testing is a very good question about keeping people safe. It's true that we have tested in a lot of settings, but not all, and not all essential workplaces have decided to make that routine. 
Wow. Well, that's a whole nother subject uh, that we're going to have to look into at some point. Professor Gandhi, thank you so much for finding some time to talk to us. You can listen to Medical Minefield for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google or anywhere you get your podcasts. Well, I feel vindicated. The scientists have sided with me. I wonder if um, I'm now going to get the sack. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm very pleased for you, Barney. But seriously, it's. I think what's so interesting is, uh, you know, that things we think might work don't work. Mm. You know, as we've heard, temperature checks, you know, more harm than good. But, you know, testing may not even be necessary. Yeah, that was fascinating. Never tested in American healthcare settings. And actually, the precautionary methods such as masking, distancing, are more effective than that. And interesting, I know that Monica Gandhi is is very much in favour of double masking, which we in the UK would probably think was totally ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Now, just to get a bigger flavour of what it's been like on the, on ground level, we asked readers to write in and uh, give their own experiences of temperature testing traumas. You've had quite an interesting one there, haven't you? Yes, our readers were particularly interested in this subject. Heather Lowe has written in to tell us that her husband had his temperature taken while he had COVID and um, it read 36.8. Which, which is totally normal completely normal if it was 37 then that would have been signs of a fever and that was why he had raging covid so there you go well exactly heather shares my view and that of all of the experts yes it made heather's blood boil apparently we had another interesting letter this time from a nurse who asked to remain anonymous she pointed out that when you have a fever your skin can be cold and clammy and these infrared scanning temperature testers will pick that up and not body temperature Uh, but she also had an interesting point that that, uh, the hospital she worked at they'd put in one-way systems where everyone had to walk round and round to stop them from passing each other in a corridor and then sat opposite each other at desks for hours on end in the same office so ludicrous it was all very pointless it's you know i mean it's this exactly this kind of thing things that people think will work but are in fact a total waste of time yeah i mean it's not the only thing that people are doing that is futile in this whole uh, pandemic situation is it there's things that have annoyed me way more than temperature checks if we do we do something about screens i'll be tell me about it well we know that covid is mainly airborne which means that you know it's about sharing air with people and the screens obviously don't go up to the ceiling so there is a gap and covid can infiltrate that gap and you can get it that way yeah And the one that does my nut, apart from the temperature checks, is all the cleaning. I mean, it's you hear these companies advertising on on the radio saying that they do a special COVID secure cleaning and we're spraying everything and hygienizing and, you know, whatever it is, antibacterial. And we're anti-COVID now, too. Uh, All all of the cleaning products now are anti-COVID. Can we just say they're just cleaning? (laughs) It's just cleaning. Also, you should be doing that anyway. You should have been doing that before COVID. Just hygiene. But like you say, COVID is, is an airborne virus, so you can clean all you like if you're going to breathe in the same room as someone you're going to give them covid um but again that's a whole nother podcast in fact i think we should do it maybe next week yeah can we also talk about people who wash their shopping when they get it back from the supermarket yeah or people who have to leave it outside to quarantine (laughs) or quarantining their post as well people who quarantine their post there might be some covid on it (laughs) oh god 
Well, unfortunately, that is all we've got time for. You'll find all the latest health news in this weekend's The Mail on Sunday and visit mailplus.co.uk to listen to all our podcasts free and in full. You can also follow us on Twitter by searching at mailplus. We'll be back with another topic on Medical Minefield next week. See you then.